It is exactly 15 minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talk. Our SMME exchange joined this evening by Janisha Piramal, the area manager at Business Partners Limited, as we talk women financing and women in business. A very good evening to you, Janisha. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Good evening, Tammy, and thank you for having me on the show. I was just saying earlier on that, look, it's never too late to say Happy Women's Day because you know what? It's the entire Women's Month. So acknowledging you and taking my hand off to you as a phenomenal woman. But perhaps let's get straight into the business of the day. When we talk about female entrepreneurship in South Africa, how big is that pie? Tell me, female entrepreneurship has really taken a turnaround over the last few years. You know, female entrepreneurs in South Africa have faced so many challenges over the years, and it's just really remarkable to see that today's statistics show that 47% of the small and medium enterprises in South Africa are women-owned. You know, female entrepreneurs can truly drive economic growth in, in, in our country, and I see that we need to continue to empower our women to choose entrepreneurship as a career because I'd really like to see the stats increase even further in the years to come so we can see many, many more successful female entrepreneurs in South Africa. And in which sectors do women tend to gravitate towards if we're trying to break down uh, where we, they find themselves within the entrepreneurship space? In the past, I think we could really determine which sectors women were specializing in. You know, it was always women were good at cooking, so it was usually the food industry or something that had to do with clothing or fashion. But things have changed so much, and female entrepreneurs have really become successful in all industries. There are some females that have really uh, triumphed in previously male-dominated sectors, construction, engineering, electrical um, industries that you would never have thought female business owners would be, and today they are very, very successful. So truly, female entrepreneurs are just all over in every industry and really succeeding at what they are doing. And and when we look at those who are in the informal sector, how are they faring? Female entrepreneurs in the in informal sector. Unfortunately, the, the, the statistics are purely based on women-owned businesses in the formal sector. And I think that's why we need to encourage so many of these female entrepreneurs in the informal sector to go out and register their businesses, um, start banking, start keeping financial records, so that they too can take on those opportunities that come their way. They too can acquire credit and be able to grow and become successful enterprises that can um, hire more people and, and help with, with our problem of unemployment. And what have you found to be the main barriers to entry for, for women, uh, whether they find themselves in the formal or the informal sector? The barriers to entry for women, I think, stems from the stereotypes that have been in the market. Largely, stereotypes within the market said female entrepreneurs are higher risk, Female entrepreneurs do not know how to do business as well as men. And that's what played in the minds of people in the country, people around the world, institutions around the world. And that prevented many female entrepreneurs from pursuing their dreams of of going ahead with business, um, from accessing credit, which is needed for them to uh, progress in their businesses. 
And, and that barrier to entry has really caused many female entrepreneurs around the world um, to be unable to grow their businesses. However, I do think that that is fast changing. Many institutions are now seeing that female entrepreneurs have a better risk profile. And due to that better risk profile, they are more credit-worthy individuals and they should be funded. Now, when it comes to COVID-19, we know that all spheres and every single person has been affected in one way or another. But when we look at female-owned businesses, how have they fared under the virus? As you mentioned, Tammy, I think all businesses, that female and male-owned businesses, have all been largely impacted by COVID-19 and the national lockdown. And... I think the biggest aspect that it has affected in their businesses is cash flow. Most of these businesses have had huge cash flow constraints, including female-owned businesses, um, in these difficult times. However, with the payment relief that's been offered by many of the financial institutions, landlords have given payment relief. There's also been a lot of relief funds that that have been around, um, instituted by different organizations, They have truly helped many entrepreneurs, both on the female and male-owned businesses, um, get through this this difficult patch um, after COVID-19. And I really think that the real test is going to come in once these payment relief um, or repayment relief have stopped and once the relief funds have been exhausted, then these entrepreneurs are going to um, face challenges in terms of their their cash flow and and going forward in business. And I think that's when we're really going to see um, which businesses are going to come out on top. I'd like us, uh, Janisha, to talk about the opportunities that exist for women-owned businesses after the break. When we come back, it's exactly 21 minutes after 8 o'clock. We are in conversation with Janisha Perimal, Area Manager at Business Partners Limited. It is exactly 22 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is Metro VM Talk. I'm Tamingu Beni sitting in for Ayanda. At, uh, <laughs> Ayabonga, sorry, Aya. <laughs> sitting in for Ayabonga Gawe tonight. Uh, we are in conversation with uh, Janisha Poramal, who's the area manager at Business Partners Limited. Uh, lovely to have you with us, Janisha. Just before we went to commercial break, we, we were talking about women in businesses and how they've been affected by COVID-19, just like every other uh, business person. But going through what you as business partners say, uh, I quote you, you say, over the years, we've made a concerted effort to increase the number of female-owned businesses that business partner finances, increasing investments approved to female-owned businesses to 38.9% in the 2020 financial year. Now, this is a huge jump because in 2019, uh, you were financing at 33.3%. What have been the reasons for this uptake? Tommy, Business Partners has always encouraged female entrepreneurship and in our efforts to support uh, more female-owned businesses, uh, Business Partners set targets each year uh, for our investment teams to achieve, which includes um, increasing the number as well as the amount of um, female-owned businesses that come in uh, in terms of the credit applications. These in, our investment staff are basically measured on these statistics. So that way we are able to then um, drive them towards bringing in more female-owned businesses um, that we can assess for credit. And it, it has been very successful. As, as you just mentioned, the statistics alone show that we are being very successful in increasing those numbers. 
in addition to that, um, business partners, you know, we take every opportunity that we can to um, promote women in business, be it networking opportunities via the seminars that we do, the events that we're involved in, the information that we put out into the market. We've really, really pushed female entrepreneurship because we can see the impact that they can have on our economy. Now, looking at what we've been through with COVID-19, if an entrepreneur comes to you seeking some sort of funding, what type of supportive material do they need to give to you for you to perhaps consider their application favorably, considering the fact that since, let's say, the end of March, business has been horribly slow, if not literally non-existent for many? With, with businesses coming in post um, COVID nineteen or or in COVID nineteen, um, business partners is still happy to consider applications. Uh, we are happy to assist these entrepreneurs with their cash flow requirements, their working capital requirements, so that we can help them overcome these difficult times. And yes, uh, I'm sure for many businesses, from I think the end of March, trading has been absolutely minimal to none. Um, and, and now that the things have eased up, they, they are getting back to business, but a lot of businesses are looking for cash flow to, to get their production back to where it was, to get operations efficiently running. And I think the important thing is um, viability prior to COVID-19. That's going to be an essential part of our evaluation if a business is viable prior to COVID-19. And then going forward, what what is the plan for that? Um, entrepreneur and what is the plan for that business. Um, cash flow planning and projections and the entrepreneur's plan in terms of where he sees that business um, going to and that he has been able to assess his business and ensure the relevance in that mar- in the market um, going forward is certainly something we're going to look for. Uh, you know, viability will always still remain the cornerstone of every application that comes in. And uh, we certainly do encourage entrepreneurs to, um, you know, take our assistance so that we can assist them with their requirements in these difficult times. So it looks like if you are a pre-existing business and you can, you know, assure that you've been viable prior to COVID-19, that at least there's still a chance for you. What is your appetite for new ventures at this point? Coming in terms of our appetite for new ventures, um, business partners, you know, we are a specialist risk financier, so we are there to take on, um, you know, new ideas that come into the market that have good viability going forward. So uh, there will always be an appetite for good businesses um, that come in that have good growth potential and good profit potential. Uh, in every market, whether it is down or up, there are always opportunities that do exist. And I do believe that even in this COVID-19 market, there have been many opportunities that have come up. And many entrepreneurs have actually grabbed onto those opportunities and become successful. Some of them um, just starting up a business in this industry and or diversifying their current product into something completely new, um, You know, whether it was supplying PPE or, or something to do um, with the assistance of the COVID-19. And many of them have been very, very successful. So I think opportunity lies in, in any market. And business partners is willing to, to consider those uh, good opportunities that come. And, and what is your turnaround time from application to uh, you've been granting to approval to payout? 
the application times do vary, um, and that's it's largely dependent on submission of information that's required, um, and and then and then the amount that is required from the specific um, business. But um, yeah, I mean, business partners always strive to have really good turnaround times. We try to give a client an answer as soon as possible. Um, So literally within, are you still with us, uh, Janisha? Oh, I suspected that that line I, had, are you there, Janisha? Yes, Tommy, I'm here. I think there was a bit of a break in the line. Yes, you were still telling us that you try and answer as soon as possible, obviously, if all the paperwork has been submitted. But are we talking here weeks? Are we talking months? Especially during this time, because, you know, time is of the essence. I think I think definitely weeks, um, not months, definitely. Not at all. Uh, in all my experience of business partners, we've, we've never taken, um, you know, more than a few weeks to get through an application. As long as all the information is submitted, um, we really put in all the effort to give that client an answer as soon as possible. So, yeah, I would say, I would say a couple of weeks at most. And as a financing institution, what would you say are some of the mistakes that are made when people are applying for funding? There's various mistakes that, that I think many of the entrepreneurs make. Um, you know, if I can just point out a few with regards to aspiring entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs entering the market. Many of these entrepreneurs have great ideas but don't do the research. They don't they don't get a solid business plan, look at the gearing, understand um, how this business is gonna be able to make money, how is this business going where is it going to be in five years? Where is it going to be in terms of turnovers? Where is it going to be in terms of profitability? Who is my target market? There are essential aspects that need to be taken into account. Entrepreneurs must do the work. They must do the research before they come in to apply. Otherwise, financial institutions in general just do not take them seriously because um, the entrepreneur doesn't understand the industry, neither does he understand the actual business that he's looking to open. So I think that's one of the main mistakes that aspiring entrepreneurs make. Do the work, do the research before you come in, um, so you have a clear idea and you're able to present a good business plan when you come in. And then with with, with existing entrepreneurs, I think um, perhaps some of the mistakes that they make is, is a lot of these existing entrepreneurs um, don't keep up to date with their financial records or their tax compliance documents. And you have these really good businesses that come in for finance. And because of the delay in getting together their information, they then sometimes end up losing opportunities to take on a new contract or purchase a property. So, yeah, I think in, in terms of existing businesses, the important thing is keep up to date with your financials, keep up to date with your taxes. So when you do go in to get finance, you are able to have that process go through very quickly. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for that, uh, Janisha. I guess a, a ray of hope, a uh, bit of a silver lining there during the uh, COVID-19 times that opportunities are there. So I guess you are saying that it's worth the investment into a solid business plan and, and making sure that your paperwork is up to date. Because uh, ultimately, if that is not up to date, you really have little chance of accessing any sort of financing from any institution. Most definitely, yeah. I think if that's it's not up to date, yeah. I think any institution would find it difficult to invest in in that small or medium enterprise.
All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time this evening. That is Janisha Perimal, the Area Manager at Business Partners Limited, uh, talking about the opportunities that exist uh, for women, but I guess even for men, if you are an SMME. And that was our SMME feature for today. It's exactly 8.32. This is Metro FM Talk. It is exactly 8.34 on Metro FM Talk. Now, tributes continue to pour in for the late radio veteran legend. He is Bob Mabena, the jammer. Power FM chairman Mr. Given Amkari spoke to the SABC today saying it was evident that Bob was loved by generations. SABC reporter Offense Sedemo spoke to Given Amkari.